Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. But here we are, and so we're jumping into this brand new sermon series entitled Kingdom Builders, Kingdom Builders. And I just want to share the heart of this series, where it's going, why we're going there, and a few things that I'm hoping it's going to accomplish as we unpack this over the next three weeks. The first thing is, I know that this series is going to search us. Today, we're going to be looking at and unpacking the heart of the matter, not the Don Henley song, but, but what's, the, what's the heart of the matter when it comes to generosity, when it comes to finances? And then in week two, we're hoping that it's going to shape us, right? It's going to shape us. We're going to be talking about uh, who's first in our life, right? And having an opportunity for the Lord to bring a little bit of shaping to our life. And then we'll finish. And I know when we finish this, this series on week three, it's going to stretch us. How do we build the kingdom of God with generosity? In all three weeks, we're gonna be unpacking what does the scripture have to say about generosity? How, how will generosity impact our life? How will generosity impact the lives of those around us? And how will generosity impact the world? How's it gonna impact the world? And uh, there's a lot of emotion when, when you preach a series like this. So there's this, I'm excited, I'm ready to go. And man, we're gonna preach and we're gonna open up God's word. It's gonna be great. And then it's like a little bit, of, oh, and you're like, why, why is that? Well, there's some tentativeness because we're going to be talking about money, right? But there's some excitement because just like anything else in the word of God, it has the potential to change our life if we're willing to settle in and listen. And, and talking about finances, talking about generosity sometimes feels like uh, talking about somebody else's mama. How many know that I can talk about my mama, but you can't talk about my mama, right. right? So I can talk about my own money, but I can't talk about your money. Right, so don't talk about my mama. Right, I've shared this story before. Sundays, we'd have Sunday dinner and my mom would make this pot roast and she'd put it in like this giant steel container with no water, no gravy, no juice. And it would cook about, I don't know, for about three, four hours on 500. And so when that bad boy would come out, we would use an electric knife to cut it. And then we would dip it in Planchman's yellow mustard so we'd be able to get it down, right? So I can say, that was horrible. But if you say your mom is a horrible cook, we'll throw hands after service, right? So it's, it's, it's that kind of feeling, right? It's that feeling of you can, and, but we can't. And so how do we land here with talking about generosity? Now, I want you to understand before we jump in, we're going to be unpacking the word of God. This is not a, a commissioned based salesperson. Right, I'm, I'm just unpacking the word. I, this is not like, hey, if the offerings are good, our staff gets paid more money. That's not how it works. Right? We have a board that sets our salaries. The staff has no part in that. And, and so it's not like, oh, the offerings are increasing, so everybody's getting raises. It doesn't work like that. And so we're going to look at the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about generosity. And, and there's going to be some things that we'll talk about that may surprise you. Like, I didn't know that was in there. And there may be some things that we'll unpack, and, and maybe it feels a little bit sens- sensitive. And I get that because maybe, maybe you watch some TV preachers. Maybe, maybe you were part of a church and there was, there was some misuse, some misappropriations of funds. And you're like, man, there's, some, there's still a little bit of a pain in my heart. I want you to know that, that if you're struggling financially, I don't believe it's because you have sin in your life. And, and some preachers will tell you that. I want you to know that, that I'm not gonna go. I, I, want, I saw this once, right? There, were, there was a pastor who said, I want, I want to pray over your debt. So I'm going to go to the Holy Land and pray over it. And if you give me a one-time gift of $75 and type your debts out, I'll take it for you. And I was like, 
Two plus two does equal four, but you're, right? If you want me to go to Israel, I'll go and I'll pray for you, but it's not gonna be because I'm gonna be praying for you to get out of debt, um, but I'm just gonna be praying. And, and I'm, I'm here to let you know that I don't believe you should just walk up to a random stranger and say, hey, the Lord told me to give you, he wants you to give me your Ford Mustang, right? This is not a name it and claim it and blab it and grab it sermon series, okay? This is, this is an opportunity for us to jump into what is the heart of the matter, right? And you may be here and you're like, man, I show up to the church on wrong Sunday. Like they welcome guests, they, the worship was really good. And I show up and you're talking about giving, you're talking about generosity, you're talking about building the kingdom. I just want to, I just want to lean in for a moment. I have not preached on generosity since 2018. This is not something that we do on the regular. This, it just so happens that, that we really wanna lean into what is it that God wants to do through us when it comes to the heart of generosity, right? And we'll talk about the end of the message, how God wants to use this as a conduit, a conduit for, for his blessing, not only locally, but globally and all over the world. So as we jump into it, here's what we know is Jesus talked a lot about money. He talked a lot about money. He talked, he talked more about money than he did heaven or hell. In scripture, about 500 verses on prayer, about 500 verses on faith, and all throughout the scripture, there's over 2,000 verses that deal with finances or resources or generosity. 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus shared, so parables are stories that Jesus would use to, to be able to preach the word and for people to be able to relate. 16 out of the 38 deal with money. And here's what we understand, is that money can consume our heart or it can change our heart. Right, it can consume our heart or it can change our heart. A number of years ago, actually it was 2018. Everything's about 2018 this year. Uh, 2018, I had the chance to go to Tanzania and I spent about three weeks in the country of Tanzania. It's beautiful. And then 2019, Pastor Angel had an opportunity to go to the country of Tanzania. And as we were there and traveling, we got to see, we got to be able to preach the, the gospel uh, in communities that, that had never heard the gospel and what an opportunity. And, and what we knew um, in connecting there is there was a lot of uh, digging for water wells. So in the country of Tanzania, it costs about $8,000 to $10,000 if you can get to the water the first try and then you just keep going up from there. But for about $8,000 to $10,000, they'll, they'll dig a well. And when you dig a well, if you hit water in Tanzania, that water source will, will be enough potable water for about 10,000 people. Every time they dig a well, right, they, depending on the agency you're with, they'll dig a well and then they plant a church at the same time. Because once you've met a practical need, they're open for the spiritual need. And so water, water, the wells are dug and, and thousands of people have now potable water. And here's what I found interesting, that in the U.S., in the U.S., we will spend, it's crazy, $13 billion a year on water bottles, right? That's, and I'm not talking like, if we add Stanley cups, that number is going way, way up. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the great value water, like the plastic water bottles. We'll spend about $13 billion every day, 2.2 Bottles, 2.2 million bottles of water are consumed a day. Isn't that crazy? So let's just sink in for a moment. Like I've had three bottles of water already today. So let that sink in for a moment. We could, we could go, hey, instead of spending that $4 on this case of water, what if we were generous and gave that to, to Tanzania to dig a well? Because what I know is money, right? It, it, it has the opportunity to consume our heart or change our heart. But when it changes our heart, what happens is we can change the world. And then thousands and thousands of people could have potable drinking water. Now understand this, if everybody who attends a church in the United States, if everybody who attends the church, any church in the United States were to give the way that God has asked us to give, did you know that giving in one year would increase by $100 billion? 
Let that sink in for a hundred billion dollar increase, which means world hunger would be ended in one year. Illiteracy would be ended. The vulnerable children of the world in the US who are in the foster care system or orphans would have a home because of generosity. And so it can consume our heart or it can change our heart. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, let's look at the book of Luke chapter 16. And we're gonna be reading a lengthy portion of scripture. And I will say this, I've noticed when I read, I'm like, why am I stuttering? I got bifocals. Your boy's, your boy's eyes are getting old, okay? And every time I look down, I don't know if I'm looking through this lens or this lens. And it's, I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at. So we're gonna try to be patient. Maybe I should read the screen. Maybe that will help. It's further away, right? And I only look one way. So this is what the book of Luke chapter 16 says. In verse nine, it says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. So use your finances, use your generosity to benefit others and to make friends. It says, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own. No one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And the Pharisees who, were dearly lo- who dearly loved their money heard of all this and scoffed at him. And then he said to them, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your heart. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. What Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, you have resources to bless others and use your generosity to impact the kingdom so that one day others may be welcomed home into an eternal reward. And so, so for us, we can understand there's resources, there's blessings that we have been given and we need to steward those well. The New King James Version, it uses the word there uh, for money. It uses this, another word, it talks about mammon. And mammon uh, is, is a prideful, it's an arrogant spirit. Mammon is, is what money pulls out of our hearts. I've seen people come into a large sum of money and they're extremely generous. Like they just, they just wanna bless people and they love it. I've also seen the flip side of that where people come into a large sum of money and now there's greed and there's jealousy and there's selfishness. And so money, money is, understand this today, that money is not the issue. Right? If, you, if, if I had a $100 bill, which I don't, but if I did and I crumpled it up and I stepped on it and I threw it in the trash, how many know that that, that piece of paper still has a $100 value? And so money is not the issue. What the issue is, is man, what's in our heart? The Bible says that, it doesn't say that the money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. First Timothy uh, chapter six, verse 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So money can be used for good, it can be used for bad. Money can be used for our purposes or money can be used for his purposes. Right, for, for our good or for his good. So what, what money does is money reveals our heart. Right, you've, I've seen this, I've officiated a lot of funerals. I've seen, I've seen some, uh, I, I don't know what it is, probably the spirit of mammon that comes out where, where a loved one passes away and now it's time to divide up assets and everybody starts going crazy. Right before someone passes away, people are walking around with masking tape, putting names on things like this is mine and this is mine and this is mine. See, money is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. It's a great servant, right? If, you've been, if you have been wise with your finances and you steward them well, you're like, man, I love to be generous. And so you're able, it's able, you're able to serve at a greater cause, a greater purpose. And so when we give to like a special missions project, you're like, man, I, God's been good to me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help change the world. And so last year we gave $80,000 to our special missions projects and we built three birthing centers in the country of Tanzania. 
Right? So children have an opportunity that they never would have gotten, but your generosity is changing the world. And so we need to make sure that, that we understand that, that money is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. But if you, if you haven't stewarded money well, there could be fear and anxiety and stress. How many know that when it's, time, it's, it's that time of the month where you're like, oh, I gotta pay the bills. Been there, done that. Where you're like, ah, I need to eat and we need to keep the heat on. Which one's more important this month? Right? And then all of a sudden it, it, it has that stress. There were times where Pastor Angel would come home and she could see in my face and in my body language. She's like, you paid bills today, didn't you? I'm like, yes, yes. Right? And so, so it, it has that, that aspect to us. It's a great servant, but it's a horrible master. But sometimes I know what money can be is a spiritual thermometer. Right? It's a spiritual thermometer. It, it reveals what's in our hearts. And, and so this morning, I, I want you to know, if you were here a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week, I can't remember. Uh, I talked about one of my favorites, Little Debbie Snack Cakes, right? We're at the Valentine's Day season. This is how they get you. Like the flavor is going to change when they change the shape. That's a lie. But they sell it because you're like, oh, it'll be different. They're still great, but it's the same taste, right? And so I was craving a little Debbie snack cake. So I go to the cupboard and I was like, I bought them. I know they're there. How many parents know what I'm talking about? You paid for it. You know, they're in the cupboard. So I go to the cupboard and I grab the box and I was like, who, 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 right? Who? I have three kids. And I, they had, one of them had the audacity to eat my little Debbie snack cakes that I paid for with my money and left an empty box in the cupboard. So I did what any good parent would do. I began an interrogation. Like, listen, kids, waterboarding's happened today at the Brodsky house. One of you is gonna fess up. I, I didn't do any of that, but I wanted to, but I didn't. Like, how dare, you know what happened? Mammon happened, right? Mammon and men, remember, it, it's what comes out of the heart. Now understand something. What I wanted to do was say, hey kids, I want you to go to the store and I want you to buy dad a new pack because dad works hard for his money. And so you need to take your own money. Just like Annalise, you broke, well, take your broke self to the store and get me some, right? <laughs> you go to Walmart today, $2.68, which means for a pack of two, it's 53 cents. I was losing my mind over 53 cents, y'all. Like, and now you're judging me like, well, you should really calm down a little bit, pastor. Like you got some, you got some issues. If someone touches, if someone touches this, touches my kids or my wife, one of those three things I will fight you for. <laughs> but what happens is, is this, this reveals what's in our heart. Here's what money does. Money promises everything, but it delivers nothing. It promises everything and delivers nothing. We want, we want freedom and we want peace and we want security and we want significance and we want power. Only God can bring those things. Only God can give us a security and a significance and a freedom and a blessing. Because those, those are problems and those are problems that money cannot solve. Again, money's not the point. It's never been the point. It's about our hearts. However, money does talk. I mean, no money talks. Money will talk to you. And you may have said things like this. I've said things like this. If I had more money, people will listen to me. Right, if, I, if I had more money, then I would, I would, I would have some type of prestige and, and people would take me seriously if I only had more money. If I had more money, that would solve all my problems. Right, it would solve all my problems. If I just had, if I had more money. How many of you are dreamers like me? I dream every now and then. Oh, if, if I just had five grand, that would be a game changer, right? If I just had five grand, be a game changer. Here's a, here's a statistic I found. 70% of people who win the lottery go broke. But our thought is, if I had more money, it would solve all my problems. If I had more money, I would be happier. 
If I had more money, my marriage would be better. Right, we could go on those dates. This morning, I, it was so interesting. This morning, I got an email from Dave Ramsey. I don't know why every Sunday at like seven o'clock, he emails me, right? Some of you know, like, unsub, no, I don't unsubscribe. I just delete, right? But it was 45, 45 cheap or very inexpensive date nights. And I was like, there you go, Dave Ramsey, helping some marriages out, right? Because what we feel is if I have more money, then it would fix the marriage. Those are not money problems. Those are heart problems. They're not money problems. They're heart problems. Jesus never told anyone that the answer to their problems was more money. He is the answer to all of our problems. And so we need to lean into him this morning. There's another, there's another big one that money talks and here's, my, here's what money says. If I had more money, I would help more people. If I had more money, I'd help more people. This is what Luke 16, 10 says. We already read it. It says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if we are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. We all have something. We all have something that we can be responsible and faithful with. I heard a conversation one time of a pastor. This, is, this wasn't a pastor friend of mine, but it was, it was a conversation of a pastor. A gentleman in his church was so excited. He said, listen, I started my new landscaping business and I cut my first lawn and, and I got 40 bucks. And he said, I, I just want you to know, pastor, that when the offering plate goes around on Sunday, I'm gonna be faithful and I'm gonna make a promise to God. I'm making a promise to you, pastor, that, that I'm gonna be faithful. And so I'm gonna put $4 in. I'm gonna do what the scriptures ask and I'm gonna give first. And, and so he puts his $4 in and he feels all excited. And he's just like, man, I know God, God's gonna honor that. And his business starts doing really well. So he made his first $40 and now his business is, is doing so well that he's making $1,000 a week. And he goes back to the pastor and he said, pastor, remember like I had this promise that I made to you and to God that I was going to give. And, and so now I need to give $100 a week and, and I can't. So I, I need you to revoke that promise. I need you to tell God that I can no longer commit to the promise that I made. And the pastor replied to him, he said, listen, I, I get where you're at. I totally understand. He said, I'm gonna pray for you. He said, thank you so much. Thank you for praying. I know if God's gonna hear anybody, he's gonna hear you. And he said, well, I'm gonna pray. But he's like, I'm, I can only pray for you in this, in this manner. He's like, so you're gonna, you're gonna pray that I get out of this, this, this obedience that I, that I said and this promise I made? He said, well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray that God takes you back to your $40 a week so you'll be faithful with your four. See, we have to be faithful with the little things. What God has given us, will we steward it? Will we steward it well? If, if you can't give with your first 40, you'll never give when you get to a thousand. And so we, we need to make sure that we are stewarding those finances well. And here's why. What you do with little will reveal what you will do with more. What you, what you do with a little will reveal with what you do with more. You see, every time we give, it's, it's sacrifice. It is. It is a sacrifice. There's no doubt about it. It, whether you're the wealthiest person or you're the poorest person, it's a sacrifice to give anything, right? When we have our missions conference at the end, at the end of February here, and it will conclude our Kingdom Builders series, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna ask you to give. We've given tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to be able to spread the gospel all over the world. There are unreached people groups. Because remember, this isn't a money issue, this is a heart issue. And we wanna see people come to know Jesus. And so we give and everything that comes in goes out. But when you're there and you're like, I'm gonna fill out this pledge card and you're like, man, I, this is gonna be a sacrifice because you're asking me to, to make this pledge. You're asking me to, to give to, to a birthing center, but I need a Big Mac. And have you been to McDonald's lately? Like it's expensive. Just yes, the other day when I was picking up these snack cakes, um, I was in line and there was an older couple in line and they were looking at the cost of candy bars. And all I hear is, in my day, and I was like, oh, I know what's coming next, right? In my day, that candy bar was a nickel. It's like, how are they charging $2? $2, $2 and I think it was like 38 cents for a candy bar. 
He's like, I used to pay a nickel. Yeah, the costs have gone up. But there's also more people on planet earth who are hurting and lost. And so we need to make sure we're stewarding well what he has blessed us with. Oftentimes, here's what happens with finances. It brings out two different mindsets. It brings out a poverty mindset or it brings out a pride mindset. And I get the poverty mindset. I do, because that's, that's where I lived for years. And I'm, this, I'm not sharing this story with you for, for empathy or, oh my gosh, Pastor Lance, your life was so bad. No, I'm not, I, I, just wanna, I just want you to know where I was at. The house that I grew up in was about 900 square feet. It was a slab ranch, very small, not much to it. I shared a, about a 10 by 10 bedroom with my little brother my entire life. I, the closets were so small that my mom shared our closet in our room and then we got the lower rod on that. And it, it, it's just the way it was. There was a point in our life where, remember it's a slab ranch, uh, the carpet was so dirty that it wasn't cleanable. And so we ripped it all out. So for about a year and a half, we had nothing but concrete floors in our house. The tax strips remained because we were always gonna get new carpet. So the tax strips stayed on the outer edge. The, the, the land, the way it was, um, there was like a little swale that ran by the house. Well, at some point, remember Slab Ranch, the, all of the duct work was in the floor. It was concrete. Well, a crack happened. And so when it rained or the snow melted, you would go into the, any register in the room and you would look in it and it was a river. The water was li- literally in our, and so you would be like, oh, look, this is so fun. And so you, as a kid, you could go into your own bedroom and play in water in the middle of winter and be like, this is so exciting, right? And the windows were, were just cheap. And so it was normal for us once a year to wipe the black mold off the wall. It's just, it's just how it was. And so for me, what happened was I grew up in a poverty mindset that said this, I don't deserve nice things. I just don't deserve it. I grew up this way. And so that's okay. Other people do. And I'm good with it. I didn't know any better. Like, that's all I ever knew. Like, we didn't, we didn't go to McDonald's. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a thing. Like, how many know, like, you go to McDonald's and you're like, that was a treat. <laughs> What's crazy is I, I think about becoming a grandparent and I'm like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> like, anything little Kyla wants, Kyla gets, right? You know what I'm saying? How many grandparents in the room? Like, that's what's going to happen, right? But it was like, you, you, I didn't have that. And so there was this poverty mindset that sent in. And I, here's the deal. We should never be ashamed of nice things. We should never be ashamed that, that if someone says, man, I really like your car, we should be able to take that, receive that and say, thank you. Like, thank you so much. I, I appreciate what you've said. And, and I would say this, never associate a blessing from the father with a shame from the father, right? If God is blessed, it's okay. Can you just imagine for a moment, if I gave something, a gift to one of my three daughters and you went and said, oh, Kirsten, I love that purse. That was so nice. And she goes, ah, my dad gave it to me, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm not really a fan of it. I don't really like it, but it was on sale. And he, she begins to just go, no, 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 no. Never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of what the father is doing and how he's blessing. So we have a poverty mindset or we can have a pride mindset. And pride says, this stuff is mine. I've earned it. I've worked hard. This is all mine. And so the more that I have, the nicer that I have, the shinier that I have, it's, it's, it's because it's all valuable to me. Do you, know, do you know what a pride mindset does? Here's what a pride mindset does. A pride mindset goes, I got two full boxes. <laughs> two. Two full boxes. But they're mine. And I know you'd like one, but they're mine. And so I don't want to share with you. So I'm just going to leave them up here so you get to look at them all the rest of the service. And you can go, man, I'm going to fight him after service. That's what's going to happen. I will outrun you. Trust me. I'm not, I'm not right? But here's the deal is we get stuck in this mindset. But, but what, if, what if our mindset went from poverty into pride? What if we met in the middle and said, my mindset is generosity? 
I want to steward well what God has blessed me. Because what pride and poverty both do is they take our eyes off of God. Can I let you know something? God doesn't care if we have stuff. He cares if our, if our stuff has us. Does our stuff have us? And so here's what I want you to know. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. So Connor, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to find five people who are drooling and hungry and I want you to bless them this morning. Give them, give them a snack cake. Find any five people you want. Hey, listen, if, if, you want, if you want to count as five, that's totally between you and the Lord, all right? I'm not judging you. Josh, help me out. I want you to find five people. Bless them, right? So what I could do is say, no, 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 no. those are my favorite. Little Debbie snack cakes, like, come on. What was funny is after the first service, someone came up and said, Pastor, I know they're your favorite. I just want you to bless, I was, bless you with one. And I said, how do you think the box got empty? I was like, your boy's fine, right? He's good. I got, I got some stashed in my office. No one's going to find him. I got him hidden, even from my kids. But here's the deal. God cares about your heart. This isn't a money thing. This is a heart thing. That's what this whole series is about. It's not about money. It's about our hearts. It's about building the kingdom of God. So if money reveals what's in your heart, my question to you this morning as we close is what is your heart saying? What's your heart saying? What's your heart saying? In my pocket this morning, I have a, I have a whopping total of 57 cents. I could buy a sip of coffee. <laughs> but back in 18, 1843, I believe, little Hattie Mae Wyatt, young girl living in Philadelphia, she longed to go to Sunday school. She just longed to go to church. She's outside the church doors and this church was booming. She's dressed all shabby, dirty, and at this time, the, the, the church was booming so much, they had three services and they would sell tickets. And if you didn't have a ticket, you had to wait outside. And so Hattie's outside. And it just so happens that, that before the first service, the pastor walks outside and he sees little Hattie Mae and, and he's like, hey, hey, sweetie, what can I do for you? And she said, I, I just wanna hear about Jesus. That's all I wanna do. I just wanna hear about who Jesus is. And he said, well, you come with me. And he grabs her and he takes her into the church and he finds room in the corner of a little Sunday school class. And, and Hattie Mae had a corner of that Sunday school class and she was able to go every week. The problem was is modern medicine didn't really exist in 1843. And in 1844, little Hattie Mae, six, seven years old, passes away. The pastor, of course, says, I whatever we can do, I'll officiate her funeral. And the parents were like, thank you, we can't pay you. And he's like, it, it's okay. And they go in Hattie Mae's room and they find a little coin purse. And in that purse is 57 pennies. That's what's in that purse. And, and the mom says, hey, listen, pastor, I just want you to know this. My daughter was, was saving pennies. And I want, I want you to have them. And he said, I can't take those. And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. When you let her in that church, it changed her life. And so, so her heart was, if, if God can speak to me, if he can move in my life, I want him to speak to other kids' lives. And so our church needs a bigger building. And so she was saving all of her money to be able to make sure and, and have a seed that the church could build a bigger building. 57 cents, it's equivalent of about $18 today. So the pastor takes it. Sunday morning, he began sharing the story of Hattie Mae, of how Hattie Mae collected 57 pennies and how she wanted an opportunity to see the church grow bigger, not, not because of fame, not for glory, but she wanted other kids to be able to come to Sunday school class and to hear about Jesus. And so they did, a, they did an offering. 
and they sold and auctioned off every single one of Hattie Mae's pennies. And today you can go to Temple Baptist Church in Philadelphia, PA, and 54 of those 57 pennies were turned back in. And so they kept raising money and they raised enough money to make an addition and build on to the church. Today, that church seats over 3000 people. And you're like, Temple Baptist Church. Yes, they built another building for college that is now called Temple University. And not only did they build a college, they built a medical building that still exists and is in operation today. And all of that, the church, the school, the medical facility started with 57 cents. You see, it was her generosity that made all that possible. It's not the amount, it's the heart. Little Hattie Mae just wanted kids to be able to hear about Jesus. If we want to be kingdom builders, then we have to be generous. We have to be generous. I don't know what you're gonna do with your 57 cents, but if I could get 57 cents for other people to hear about Jesus, I'd give 57 cents all the time. So as we close today, I'm gonna pray. And I just want you to, I just want you to, I know you're like, but it's money. It's not about money. It's a heart. We'll, we'll, we'll say, Jesus, you can have my life. You can have my heart. I will give you all of me. God, I'm trusting you that one day that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life because I've surrendered to you. I've called upon your name, but God, I can't give you this area of my life because that's my money. And Jesus is saying, but that's my heart. That's my heart. So as we close today, every eye closed, every head bowed. What's your heart saying? What's your heart saying? Because money reveals what's in our heart. So Jesus, today, I pray for, for everyone who's, who's listened to the sermon. God, I pray that we would look past the word money. But we would look into your word, to what you have to say about being a steward of your blessings and of your resources. Because God, we want to be a conduit. We don't want to be a lake with just an inlet and no outlet that becomes stale and stagnant. God, we want to be a conduit of your generosity that, that what you have blessed us with, we would be, that would come into our lives. God, we would be able to give a portion away so that others' lives, just as it said in your, in your word. So God, I pray that you would help us over the next three weeks, that you'd soften our hearts that we'd be able to look in your word and say, God, if that's, if that's what you say, then I wanna be obedient to what you say. I, wanna, my, I want my life to be a reflection of your word. I don't want it to be a reflection of my will, but yours. So God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Because the heart of the matter is you long for us to be a generous people that others' lives could be impacted. So today, help our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen.